Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there. Welcome uh, to the program. Sorry for the slight delay. All of that is on me. It's February 18. It's a Thursday. It's a snowy Thursday. And um, hi, where to start? That's always the way I start now. Where to start? Uh, let me get it out of the way. I had thought I wasn't going to talk about it at all, but let me get it out of the way. Um, when uh, yesterday I saw that uh, Limbaugh had died, um, I uh, let's just say I did not feel sorrow. <laughs> um, I did not feel joy. Uh, you know, this thing that you're not allowed to say something negative of the dead is uh, is a little ridiculous, uh, given that if the deceased in question is somebody who polluted our social and political discourse, who trafficked in insensitivity, who to uh, use uh, the words of another uh, former conservative Republican talk show host, Charlie Sykes, who normalized cruelty, who trafficked in racism and misogyny, who stoked rage and spread fear and lies. Uh, this is not somebody who, upon shuffling off his mortal coil, uh, gets a pass. He does not. His damage, the damage he did to this country, the damage he did actually to talk radio which is, of course, where I was working. And the success of his programming led to all the copycat programming and led to people who own radio stations to think, huh, this talk format really works. And we've got the template right here. So Rush Limbaugh wannabes were showing up all over the place, taking over talk radio. Um, I don't think the extent of the damage he did to American democracy, to American radio, <laughs> uh, 
to just American civility uh, can be overstated. Um, so that is all I have. I mean, right up until the end, he was saying that COVID was like the common cold. Uh, he, like so many others of his ilk, has harmed people, has torn families apart, and has harmed this experimental democracy called the United States of America. I do not mourn for one minute the passing of this human being. Since I had seen the news very soon after it was announced, I think a matter of minutes, I decided to get out and let others know, but I just couldn't get, bring myself to even say his name. So I just sent out a tweet that said, former KQV disc jockey dies. <laughs> it gave me some pleasure. It gave a few other people some pleasure too, but most people probably saw it and said, what is she talking about? Okay, I have dispensed with him. Although Barbara sent me something good. She's paraphrasing Betty Davis. And uh, she says, you should never say bad things about the dead, only good. So Rush Limbaugh is dead, good. Jeez, Betty Davis. Do you something, huh? Okay. And um, back to uh, Texas. Poor, 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 poor souls. Um, I don't know if you're aware, because I don't know where you get your news. I don't know if you're aware that... Um, The senator of the state of Texas, the loathsome Ted Cruz, instead of stepping up and being there and representing, as is his job, the people of his now beleaguered state, you know what he did? He flew off to Cancun, Mexico, with his family. Now, how? I mean, as a as a how brain dead do you have to be as an elected official when your constituents are suffering, suffering, shivering, and dying? in the cold, hungry for lack of food. 
and you turn to your wife and say, honey, let's get out of here, get some sun. It's astonishing. But here again, like Rush Limbaugh, like others of their political ilk, it's always self-interest. What's in it for me? Fend for yourselves. I can only hope that this clear and uh, and fatal for many total dereliction of duty by the Republicans who run the state of Texas. I that the voters of the state of Texas finally get it through their heads that they would be much better off electing people who actually thought or cared about them. And speaking of that, I suppose Ted Cruz's calculation is he doesn't give a damn because he just won re-election, right? He won re-election two years ago or when? When did he win that? When Beto O'Rourke ran against him. And so Beto O'Rourke, who by virtue of that defeat, lost his job in Congress, right? I'm not sure what he's doing now, but Beto O'Rourke, who had wanted to be the senator from Texas, he has spent the last few days organizing tons of volunteers to make phone calls, to check on people, to see if they're okay, to see what they need. He has organized a cadre of people who will knock on doors, who will take people to warmth, to shelters, who will find them food, an extra blanket. And he's begging other people to join him in this effort. He, who is not an elected official anymore, doing far more than the aforementioned loathsome Ted Cruz. He's of the same ilk as that uh, mayor who, what was it, Carson City, Texas? I read you his extraordinarily ugly, cruel post to his people, which is essentially, fend for your lazy selves. Don't look for any handouts. This is 
the voice now, the uh, the ethic of this repulsive Republican Party. My God. I mean, it just really sort of blows me away. It really blows me away. Oh, thank you for this, Tony. This is great. Little Tony says, quotes, he says it's attributed to Mark Twain. Sounds like Mark Twain. I've never wished a man dead, but I have read some obituaries with great pleasure. (laughs) Oh, and he didn't say it. He didn't say it, but he gets credit for it. That's okay. Although, you know, whoever did say it should get the credit, but this happens a lot. Twain gets the credit for a a whole bunch of stuff he never said because it sounds like he said it. So meanwhile, um, the uh, Republicans in Texas and their their aiders and abettors in uh, Fox News and the – Limbaugh radio tradition are uh, refusing to take responsibility for this malfeasance in Texas. This is not a, a natural disaster. This is a natural event, meteorological event, that became an extraordinary disaster because, again, of Republican policies or lack thereof. And so they've been blaming it on windmills. What is this this, uh, tilting at windmills thing that the Republicans have? Was it Trump who said that Windmills cause cancer? Was it Trump? Good God. I mean, the reality is, is that wind enters less than 7% of the the mix of uh, power generation in uh, the Lone Star State. 7%. So uh, just based on that, I don't think windmills are the problem. But that's what Fox News is going with. At that banner on the bottom of their so-called newscast, you know what it said? Much of yesterday, green energy failure. Ah, why am I laughing? Lies. Lies. In fact, wind generation, as I said, is a very small fraction of the uh, electric uh, output in, in Texas. And it actually performed, it exceeded the projections in the last few days. 
even the people who run this pathetic system in Texas, this group called ERCOT, not sure what it stands for. It, they said that what has caused it is limited supply of natural gas along with frozen instruments at the natural gas, coal, and nuclear facilities. <laughs> nowhere are windmills no, uh, referenced. No, nowhere. Gas, coal, nuclear, the main, by far, factors in the crisis. Their own government says that, and they go on Fox News and everywhere else and blame windmills and Democrats. And I guess the brainwashed 35% of America just swallows it whole. Um, do I have a call? I don't know if I do or not. I'm, I'm back on my, my cell and I don't have all my, okay, whatever. Hey, Lynn, you do uh, have a call. Oh, we do have a call. Great. You do. It's Mike Calaria. Hi, Mike. So um, I'm clutching my pearls at the absolutes um, in disbelief that Republicans in Texas would lie to their constituents. How unbelievable that they would play a confirmation bias against people dying in the cold. But the bigger part of the story is that San Antonio, 10 years ago this happened apparently, I heard this on NPR this morning, and 10 years ago it happened and San, San Antonio said, wait, this isn't gonna work if this happens again. So instead of giving money to their investors for that quarter, they reinvested the money to make sure that this wouldn't happen again. And they're also not connected to the grid for the rest of Texas because maybe they see that it's, you know, a shyster organization. Oh, so San Antonio, so, so, Texas, they're has okay. all the electricity they need. For heaven's sake. And that's the one, no pun intended, bright spot in the whole state. Yeah, right. That's the San one where you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to die. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. You know, I saw today that they're now scrambling for refrigerated trucks to hold all the bodies they assume they're going to find. Well, my thought was um, refrigerated trucks for the vaccine, you know, because yeah. all those places have vaccines yeah. that people can't go and get. Yeah. Dear God, are they being destroyed now? Oh, dear. It's just. It's something. You know, but, you know we don't need government. We don't need government. No. Capitalism will solve all of our problems today. More capitalism, that's the solution to everything. It's just amazing. And, you know, you can have failure after failure of these things they believe for decades and decades and decades, like trickle-down economics, like give tax. You know, they still, that's their, the biggest thing is you cut taxes for the rich. And it's been proved that that doesn't 
work. It just makes rich people richer and poor people poorer. That's what it does. You liberal in your facts, please. What do facts have to do about this? I feel this. That's all that matters. You know, isn't it funny that it's the Republicans who end up being the the ones whose feelings matter? Weren't they always on liberals and Democrats for, you know, kumbaya and feelies and touching, you know, all this. Oh, they they weep for this. They're outraged about that. And here they are. It doesn't matter what the facts are, as you said. It matters how I feel. You know what other population does that? Abusers. So if you beat your wife or your husband, um, it, what matters isn't that I punched you as the abuser. What matters is how you made me feel. So you made yeah. me punch you because you said whatever. Right. And it's, it's abusive. It's, it's abusive. And it's what the whole Republican Party is about. And I heard something awesome or very telling about the impeachment the other day, if I can share it. Absolutely. The expert, the expert was talking about it. And he said, of course, the Republicans could not admit that Trump incited the riot. Otherwise, they would have to admit they were also inciting the riot. That's correct. That's so correct. Of course, they w- would they not convict him. Of course, they everything you know. You know, if you think about it, everything that the brilliant Democratic managers uh, put forward, even though they never said it, because they were still hoping they'd get a vote or two from these aiders and abettors, everything they said was an indictment of anyone in that chamber who said nothing when the big lie was being peddled or who in fact peddled it themselves. And that was almost the entire Republican party. Right. And we really should hit home the big lie because that is some great branding right there. The term big big lie lie, is great branding. uh, Yeah. He's still, he's sticking to it. He, he, the reemergence of this low, I gotta stop using the word loathsome. I mean, there's a million synonyms. I just gotta start branching out. This repellent former president. Who did? What did Biden call him the other day in his uh, in his uh, town hall? He said, I think he said, the former guy. <laughs> it's something <laughs> like that. He was instead of saying Trump, he said uh, the former. You know that former guy. Um, and yeah, he's making his uh, uh, Limbaugh's uh, death allowed him to uh, come out. And of course, he spent some time on that and then immediately went into I won landslide. Isn't right, the something? big lie, right? And that's yeah, Fox branding News carried is it. Perfect. I mean, Fox News. Yeah, yeah. That big lie, because it encompasses a whole bunch of stuff that we don't need to explain. If I say to a, um, a Republican, I get it, you believe in the big lie. Like, which big lie is that? There are a million big lies. So <laughs> it's a great branding. I hope we start using it more. Because great branding is not exactly our stock and trade. <laughs> right. right. So if we have all this money and all of the people in Hollywood, why can't we get better at it? 
where is our I don't know we've asked this, I don't know we've asked this question before I was thinking about something like um, you know how initially those of us concerned about uh, weather and uh, and the pollution of uh, the air uh, tried to get people to notice that the globe was warming and so we called it global warming and then of course when something like this incredible situation where it's below zero in the deep south happened and it is um, absolutely without a doubt the same thing that is causing global warming you can see how that confuses people of limited ability how can this be global warming i'm freezing to death here so that was a big mistake instead of climate change right and we're always trying to recover defund the police that was a rhetorical mistake probably cost us some congressional seats definitely i know somebody who said this um this violence has got to stop and i know yeah. he voted for trump because of that i know it yeah and yeah. you know but the violence that they see means this violence against black people. I listened to something yesterday who said, I wish I could remember who said it, but this is all just racism. You know, yeah. Oh, I watched the constitution thing that you, you recommended a few weeks ago on Amazon about what is the woman that does the play with the constitution? A Did woman you recommend who that? I There's a know. play about my life with the constitution or my experience no. with the constitution. You didn't? No. Okay, no, well, it's on Amazon. Me. And she it's walks good. through all of the amendments in the Constitution. It's pretty awesome. Wow. Okay. So good. I've rambled enough. I'm sorry. Yes. Get out of here. Okay, Thank bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Um, what do we got here? We've got uh, Bob saying, I hate to be the bearer of bad news on top of bad news, but Rush Limbaugh, a.k.a. Jeff Christie, that was that was whose obit. I, I said Jeff Christie, former KQV D DJ, died. He worked in the early mid-70s at Wixie. Yes, true. W-I-X-Z, which was 1360 AM. W-I-X-Z later, of course, became W-P-T-T when they changed format by hiring me that is all that happened they decided they would try to go from country to talk and um yeah so rush and i worked at the same station essentially wonderful um and uh, 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 yeah, I, I see that. Okay, I'm not gonna. I don't. I, I'm done with that. I want to. Speaking of, um, since uh, the last caller was Mike, formerly of D.C., formerly of Seven Springs, I think now in somewhere in Florida, if we keep track of him, he didn't tell us. Um, 
I, uh, in reading the Post-Gazette sports section uh, yesterday, I came upon a, a story um, about a panel discussion that was occurring that night, last night. Um, and it was in large part a result of the work of a offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, one Zach Banner. And he has a foundation. As it turns out, he has organized and works toward a lot of social justice issues. He is particularly concerned, strangely it would seem, because he's a black man, about anti-Semitism, which he feels is uh, quite prevalent in the black community. He took on in a very public way, I think it was a Philadelphia Eagle who said some very anti-Semitic thing and uh, Banner went after him, tried to educate him. So the article told me that Banner was had organized this discussion called Athletes Against Anti-Semitism and it would be uh, streaming online last night. Um, and I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. I think I'd like to see that. Now, I I registered for it that you had to put your name in so you'd be sent the information of how to get to it. And then, of course, I went on living my life and totally forgot. And then all of a sudden, I remembered. So I missed the first, I don't know, I think 20 minutes. And I think what I missed, um, anyone who saw it and can tell me I'm wrong, but there were people who were supposed to be on it that I never saw. So I think what I missed is former pirate Josh Bell, who also is very involved in this kind of thing and, in fact, reached out to Banner uh, a few years ago and gave him advice on how to do this kind of, of work, if that's where his heart was taking him. So I didn't see Josh Bell. And I didn't see, there was a, another um, professional player, I think WNBA, who was on it. I did not see her. But what I saw was Zach Banner, and Jaziri X, who is a rapper and the founder of One Hood Media, which is an amazing organization, and the head of the Holocaust Center here, who moderated, who was amazing, I've never met her, and the rabbi from Tree of Life. Those were the four people I saw. I cannot recommend this enough. I found it, you know, usually when I'm watching TV, I'm fidgeting, I'm doing something else. I cannot just sit still and watch. And I was riveted. 
You can get this, I'm sure, at uh, One Hood Media's website. That's the number one, then Hood, H-O-O-D, media. You can also get it at the Pittsburgh Holocaust Center website, I think. I cannot recommend a more fascinating discussion. And I came away so impressed by Jaziri X, who apparently had a lot of, uh, there were, and I don't know about this, but I get the impression that there were people in the Jewish community who were complaining about his being part of this discussion because they had some some information that he had he himself had said anti-Semitic things. So what's he doing on this panel? And while they never specifically said while I was watching what that was, he made he addressed it and spoke of it in the mo it is mind-blowingly uh, moving to me. I don't think you can watch that and not grow as a person. And these two black men, they're young. They're both under 30 years old, I think. I don't know. Maybe Jaziri X is a little, I don't know. These are two young men, so articulate, so wanting to make things better, so willing to open their heads and their ears and learn and grow and asking others to do the same. I think I have a caller, but if the caller will just let me get one more word in here because it blew me away. And I never heard anyone say it before. But the, the, the football player, Zach Banner, said that at one point after Tree of Life, the massacre, he found himself speaking out a lot. And he found himself constantly saying, uh, the, the Jewish community, the Jewish community. And he said, and I realized I was afraid to say the word Jew or Jews. And that is because his whole life, the way he heard that word, it sounded like, in his mind, that its intent was like the N word. It seemed to be a word that you applied as a real pejorative Jew. And he said, it took me a long time to be able to say Jew. And I have often remarked on this. It took me a while to understand that when I was speaking to Christians, Invariably, I would not hear them call me a Jew. If that was the subject we were talking about in some way, they would never say, I mean, they would just never say, well, you're a Jew. They would always say, and here were the two ways you got, they got around it. Well, you're a, a member of the Jewish community or you're of the Jewish, or sometimes they'd say Hebrew, persuasion, but anything and everything they could do to keep from saying Jew because they thought it was a term of offense. 
It's what I am. Anyway, I cannot recommend this enough. I cannot. Caller, hello. There's no caller. I was making that up. I guess. No callers? Oh, all right. Sorry. Okay. I got lots of stuff here. Um, Ed has sent something. He sent me a statement from Rick Perry, who would have been the former governor of the state of Texas and also uh, former <laughs> energy secretary. Yeah, he's the brilliant one. He has suggested in a recent blog post that Texans should be more willing to endure blackouts to keep the federal government from regulating Texas's power grid. Wow, isn't that something? They don't learn, they just double down. They don't learn, what is it? What? How can you think that you, everything, God, okay. Um, here's what he said in part. Texans would be without electricity for longer than three days to keep the federal government out of their business. In other words, they're, oh, they're quite willing to freeze and, and starve and, and uh, yeah, they are just to keep joining the rest of the country in allowing some federal regulation. Well, he went on to say, try not to let whatever the crisis of the day is to take your eye off having a resilient grid that keeps America safe personally, economically, and strategically. They make no sense. They make no sense. Oh dear. Something, huh? So I, um, I got a, uh, a chuckle. Uh, today, I think it was from the Washington Post. Uh, it was a story about a scandal in uh, Wisconsin, my home state, and it reminded me of of when I was first starting in a in my journalism career. I I covered some state government uh, for a Madison, uh, Wisconsin television station. And one of the biggest scandals while I was uh, covering Wisconsin politics wouldn't even, I remember when I moved here, I thought, my God, and we thought that was a scandal because what was happening here, the way I saw government working, it, it, it was like extraordinarily corrupt uh, from what I had seen in Wisconsin. This is before the Walker Republicans took it over. And the scandal was, is that some legislator had been uh, found to have used the, his telephone at 
the Capitol building to make personal long-distance calls. This was a huge scandal of the misuse of taxpayer dollars. I'm not kidding. It was big. <laughs> and this one is a riot, and it's almost too complicated to, to, to talk about, but <clears throat> it has to do with um, the fact that in Wisconsin, for one month out of the year, and I believe it's February, ice fishermen on one particular lake, it's a lake I know well, Lake Winnebago, and if you're driving from Milwaukee or Chicago up to Green Bay, you're going to zip right by it. Lake Winnebago, right there near Oshkosh. There are sturgeon, these big, more than 100-pound fish in that lake. And for one month, the Department of Natural Resources in Wisconsin allows ice fishermen with spears <laughs> to attempt to get a sturgeon. Now, they ain't using, as I said, they use spears. They're trying to spear these fish, <clears throat> and if they get one, uh, if they pull one out, they are entitled to keep any of the caviar. That is why people want sturgeon. Caviar, sturgeon eggs. They are entitled to keep the caviar, but it is illegal for them to sell it. So the fact is, is a lot of these guys who love steering these huge fish, they aren't into caviar. I'm not into caviar. I can't stand it. Blech. But the wildlife people who, you know, make sure that these spear fishermen are doing the right thing, they know that these people who get a sturgeon might not, in fact, even want the eggs. So they, and this is a scandal, they have apparently for years, when they know a sturgeon's been speared on Lake Winnebago, they go up to the guy who speared him and say, you going to eat that caviar? And the guy will say, I can't stand it. I just got it. They said, well, no, 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 no. We collect those eggs for research purposes. So please allow us uh, to have them. And it turns out that this was part of a scheme intended to ensure that certain employees of, at the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources had a 
steady supply of their own caviar that costs more than $100 an ounce if it gets to the stores. Um, this was apparently pretty well known. <laughs> and then the game warden found that some of these employees were, were illicitly funneling some of these eggs to uh, local people uh, who helped turn it into the row, the eggs into caviar. Um, I'm not sure what that process is exactly. Um, and one former state fisheries biologist uh, was known for making after hours visits to a state laboratory to pick through the eggs, looking for the best looking ones. Criminal charges have been filed. There's a bar owner on Lake Winnebago. The ice fisherman would come in, warm up. The bar owner has been accused of receiving eggs as payment. <laughs> I, you can't make this up. And the first TV station I ever worked for, it was a summer job while I was still in, in uh, journalism school, WLUK-TV in Green Bay. They've they've been doing uh, you know investigations about this, and it's WLUK really broke the scandal. And the state's top sturgeon expert, he's been nicknamed the Sturgeon General, has been arrested for allegedly managing to pull in at least $20,000 worth of caviar in a single year. <laughs> and he wasn't selling it, he was eating it. <clears throat> so there's the, the headline in the Washington um, Post today. Wisconsin wildlife officials ate $20,000 of illegal cav caviar now the Sturgeon General faces charges. I love it. You got to admit, that's a great scandal. Um, a heads up, and I don't know if how much this is being covered. It's not the kind of story that gets covered by local media, by uh, television media. And even not so much by print, because it ain't sexy. And it's about legislation. And it's complicated. And people, you know, their eyes glaze over. But I got to tell you, this is probably the most important story coming out of Harrisburg in a long time. And it's folks like us who worked our tails off to get Trump out of the White House, who need to pay attention to this and work our tails off every bit as much to stop this. 
This is something coming out of the Republicans in Harrisburg. And as you know, the Republicans in this state are totally in the thrall of Donald Trump. Totally. They're cultists. Our congressional delegation, although, you know, the Mike Kelly's, uh, what's the Reschenthalers, they, they're all Trumpistas. They're nuts. And there's that somehow, yeah, Pennsylvania went for Trump. And they think the only reason was, and the only reason that Trump's lawsuits trying to overturn our votes here were unsuccessful is because our courts, including our state Supreme Court, have too many Democrats on them. So they are working to have voters in a statewide referendum. This will be when you go to the polls. Not in May. I don't think they did it so you can, they're going to get it on the, the May ballot. Thank God, because it gives us time to, to organize. They intend to change the entire way that judges are put into their positions in Pennsylvania. And the new way is to give them the power the state-controlled Republican legislature to essentially draw up judicial districts essentially to gerrymand now the judicial vote. And by doing it that way, they can, and God knows they can, figure out how to disproportionately allow all those pencil tuckies, all those, that huge swath in between Pittsburgh and Philly, to, as usual, get more than their fair share. Um this is scary because I got to tell you, when one of these ballot initiatives comes on to a, a you know, into a election, the voters in this state, first of all, generally don't even know what the hell they're looking at. And they tend to vote yes. This would amend the Constitution. And Republicans in this state have historically used their power to gerrymander to maintain their majority. It's the only reason we're plagued by them. Because Democrats often win in a statewide election, which is how the judges get voted on now. And the Republicans don't want that anymore. 
Now, anyone who understands what good governance is about is appalled by this. The Brennan Center for Justice, I mean, national, uh, this is getting national attention. In fact, it was a front page story in the New York Times, maybe about a week ago. So listen to the director of uh, one of the uh, the democracy program at the Brennan Center for Justice. It is way too much control, what they're trying to do, for one branch of government to have over another branch, particularly where one of its charges, in other words, is to rein in the excesses of the legislative branch. So one of the things that the judicial branch does is to act as a stop on legislative overreach. And this is the legislative branch trying to get control of who sits on those courts. Now, this bill has passed all the hurdles it needs to to get onto a ballot. It needs one more. It needs to pass both chambers of the state legislature again to make it on the ballot. And let me remind you, both chambers of the legislature are what? Totally controlled by Republicans. So this passes. This will pass. And then another frightening thing is this kind of measure cannot be vetoed by the governor, a Democrat. So once this despicable piece of legislation is um, passed again, it'll end up on a ballot that you are going to be dealing with because it's intended to amend the constitution it will go to the ballot as a referendum question that's how it shows up referendum question that will be voted on in the next election i don't i didn't see anything that they pulled it off so quickly that it's happening in the may election uh, which is a primary election, which would be horrific. I mean, just horrific. Now, how it's one thing to get our voters out when Donald Trump is on the ballot. How do you get our voters out when it's something this confusing? Hmm? How? I mean, this is the kind of thing that would require even more work, more education. Uh, so I just want to throw that in because it is important we know about it 
And it's important that all of us talk to as many people as we can. And maybe we need to hold our fire until we know it's passed again. But heading into whatever election, it'll probably be in November, that this thing is on the ballot. Man, we have got to ensure its defeat or they will they will take over another legislative branch of our government. This minority party, this the cynical who stand for nothing, nothing but power and seek nothing but power. Little Tony writes, I never had caviar, but I did have goose pate once, and it was good. Well, I'm sure it was. You know, they torture those geese. Those geese are force-fed. I mean, you can't imagine how they if – you, if you – I had caviar. What Do you remember the Tom Hanks movie, Big? <laughs> there is such a funny scene of him at, you know, some business event and where there's, you know, a nice spread laid out uh, where you just go and pick stuff up to eat. And he takes a big scoop of caviar and sticks it in his mouth and, oh, my God, it is the cutest thing, the most genuine reaction totally mirrored my reaction when I first had caviar. And I mean, understand, I mean, if you like really fishy, 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 fishy flavor, you'll love caviar, I guess. I think a lot of other people pretend to love it because, well, it's caviar. And uh, it's like eating gold. And it is so God awful. I mean, I can't even stand... I, I I can't anchovies, sardines. It's all too much for me, frankly. And, you know, that's just my taste buds. So I'm sure if you love caviar, that's just wonderful. More power to you. But it's one, one thing I don't have to worry about. So have we pretty much done it? I got to tell you, while I was talking to you, some guys from Duquesne Light trudged into my backyard. And they scared me because, you know, they, they just mutilate your trees. I've got power lines behind my house. Um, and I saw them coming earlier and I poked my head out and said, you're not going to mutilate my, are you going to? He said, no, we're just looking. I said, listen. The property owners on both sides just and I just had a, these trees trimmed. And he said, yeah, I see the fresh cuts. And I said, please, I don't. He said, I just see one little. And in fact, while we were, while I was yapping, they came back. And I am so happy to say that I only saw him go out with one sort of little branch. Damn it. Okay, so I guess that's it. 
um, hey, thank you for uh, being there. And uh, God knows what we'll be talking about on Monday because <laughs> the hits just keep on coming. Uh, stay warm, stay dry, stay safe, stay resilient, even if you're not. See you Monday. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.